Welcome to The Conversation at airsafe.com. I'm your host, Dr. Todd Curtis. This is show number 108. Two airline passengers arrested and then released by Dutch authorities. On August 30, 2010, two men, Ahmed Mohammed Nasser al-Sufi and Hazam al-Murisi, who were both on their way to Yemen from the U.S., were arrested in Amsterdam after they had arrived on a flight from Chicago. They were arrested because they were suspected to be part of some kind of terror-related activity, perhaps a dry run for an attempted bombing of an aircraft. Al-Sufi had raised suspicion earlier in the day prior to his flight from Birmingham, Alabama to Chicago. After being chosen for additional screening, authorities found that he was carrying $7,000 in cash, and his check luggage were a cell phone taped to a small bottle, multiple cell phones and watches taped together, a knife, and a box cutter. Al-Sufi had violated no laws or regulations, so he was allowed to continue. Later in Chicago, he had changed his flight, and his check bags ended up going on a different flight. Coincidentally, Hazam al-Marisi, who also changed his flight to the one carrying al-Sufi, also had his bags going on a different flight. U.S. authorities asked Dutch authorities to detain the men, and they were both arrested after arriving in Amsterdam. What follows is an interview I had with CBS Radio shortly after the two were arrested. We covered several subjects, including whether the behavior of these passengers should have aroused suspicions. At the time of the interview, early reports suggested that they were traveling together. In fact, while the two were on the same flight out of Chicago, they did not know each other and were traveling independently, with only al-Sufi starting his trip in Birmingham. What, what do you make of what uh, limited information we know so far about the two men that are detained in Amsterdam? Well, from the limited inf- information that's come in, it doesn't seem to quite fit. Uh, it seems as though the Dutch authorities have charged them with some sort of uh, mock bomb attack or perhaps planning a, a bombing attack. But if this were the case, the facts that are out there right now don't make a lot of sense. Uh, they had what appeared to be a fake bomb in their suitcases, as well as a knife and a box cutter. Now, if indeed this were some sort of dry run, the knife and the box cutter in check luggage wouldn't do them any good. And uh, so that doesn't make any sense on from that end. If they were planning on doing something uh, with that, it would be in somehow sneaked into carry-on luggage rather than check luggage. But more to the point, if this were not a terrorist attack or an attempted attack, the behavior was quite odd. That is, you had something that looked to all the world like a, uh, a homemade bomb, some sort of IED, uh, cell phones, watches tied around objects like a Pepto-Bismol bottle. And their behavior with the flight was also a bit unusual. Uh, they booked a flight from Birmingham to Amsterdam. That itself isn't unusual. But they changed their plans at the last minute after they got to their first stop in Chicago. And that sort of thing doesn't really happen that often for normal travel. So the individual actions of these two people aren't suspicious. The collective actions of these people are a bit suspicious. Whether or not this was a terrorist attack or a planned terrorist attack, hard to say. Were there any red flags in your eyes? Uh, did security do everything it was supposed to do? Well, the biggest red flag were the items that were in their check luggage. Because uh, to the average person, if you tape together several cell phones to uh, a Pepto-Bismol bottle or wire several watches together, it looks to all the world like you're putting together some sort of IED. Now, that in itself isn't illegal. Acting strangely when it comes to check luggage and the items in the check luggage isn't illegal at all. In fact, the box cutter and the knife, which were allegedly in the check luggage, perfectly okay under the current rules of the TSA. Now, should this raise some suspicions with the TSA? 
Again, that depends. Uh, check luggage is likely screened by the TSA. Whether they x-rayed them or physically looked in the luggage, I'm not sure. But during the inspection, if a TSA person sees something unusual, of course, it's their, their right and their duty to do something about it. In this particular case, although it may, might, have been seemed un, might have seemed a bit unusual, they were allowed to go on the airplane. So what's a question to me is whether or not their initial behavior caused them to be arrested in Amsterdam, that is, what they packed in their suitcase, or whether it was the initial behavior plus their subsequent behavior, changing their plans at the last minute, that caused the arrest. What about uh, the security protocols that allowed their uh, luggage to be separated from them? Is that a red flag? Well, that part isn't quite clear, because one of the reports I had was that the luggage was separated from them. That is, the luggage went on one flight, they went on another. If that was indeed the case, and if they deliberately made that happen, that's a huge red flag. Now, of course, if you change planes at the last minute so that your luggage goes, excuse me, if you change planes at the last minute so you go on a non-stop flight versus one that had an extra stop, it's up to the airline to make sure that the bags are matched with the passenger. That is, the bags someone checks in stays with them on the same flight as the passenger. Now, point of fact, there are some situations where the bag may not be on the same flight as the passenger. Because as anyone who's lost luggage knows, sometimes luggage gets separated. That's something altogether different from someone deliberately doing something to make sure their, their check luggage goes in one direction and they go in another. If indeed they deliberately did this, this is not only a huge red flag, but uh, it speaks to someone planning to do something nefarious, either now or in the future. How, how, uh, what kind of response do you see the industry taking based on what little we know right now? Well, based on what little we know, I don't think there's any need for the industry to take a, a massively different response. That is, what they did at the beginning, that is, they had some suspicious items in their checked luggage in Birmingham. That in itself doesn't necessarily mean that the people should be taken off the plane or arrested. There was, in fact, no contraband from what we understand. There are no explosives. The knife and box cutter that were there were properly packed in checked luggage. There is no change, I think, that should happen there. Now, what happened in Chicago, that is more of something where we might have to look at how the system responds. That is, you have someone who wanted to change their flight at the last second, or rather, after they arrived in Chicago. If the people who were changing the flight were aware that there was something suspicious in their check luggage in Birmingham, maybe they would have stopped them right there. But it's a question of the left hand and the right hand. The fact that you have some suspicious luggage in Birmingham, which appears to be a TSA issue, doesn't necessarily get communicated to the airline when it comes to changing flights, which is, of course, a flight operations and a, a scheduling and a uh, reservations issue. So the question in my mind is, should there be a different kind of coordination between TSA when it comes to finding something suspicious in the luggage and the airlines when it comes to what this passenger may do subsequent to something suspicious happening? Now, on the other hand, this is such an unusual circumstance. That is, assuming that someone was trying to do something out of the ordinary, the system as it's set up doesn't allow all parts of the system to have 100% of the information about every passenger. For obvious reasons, the TSA may not find out something until the last second. Once they find that out, what's their duty? Is their duty to inform every part of the airline? Or is their duty just to inform the airport where they happen to be? 
Should they then take the passenger off and screen them separately? Again, these are judgment calls. These are not strict regulations that the TSA has. These are judgment calls they have to make. Now, did they make the right judgment call in this case? It's unsure at this point. But certainly something where the people who are involved, the people at the TSA, the people in the airlines, should sit down and reason together and figure out if there are some changes that should be made based on what has happened today. Those were pretty much all I had. Anything I missed? Anything you want to add? The only other thing I wanted to add is that uh, I was interviewed by another uh, organization, and they said, well, the only other thing that seems suspicious about them are their names. And, of course, uh, the names that are reported are uh, names that are Middle Eastern. Now, that in itself should not be an issue. That is, anyone with any name should be able to fly without having any extra scrutiny or extra suspicion. And my fear is that this sort of thing could be used to justify um, TSA or someone else going beyond the regulations, that is, having extra suspicion against anyone with an Arabic or Middle Eastern name simply because of what happened today. So I would caution the industry to and the average traveling passenger to not jump to conclusions on this. The end of this story is much less dramatic than the beginning. The Dutch authorities released both men and dropped all charges. In short, Although what the two men did during the trip looked unusual, even suspicious, they had done nothing wrong and had broken no law or violated any regulation. The lesson to take away from this episode is that the U.S. authorities, including TSA and Homeland Security, may be inclined to take all kinds of precautionary actions, including detaining passengers, if they suspect that someone is attempting to bring harm to an airplane flight. Should passengers change their behavior to keep from being hassled? That is a personal decision best left to individual passengers. In my opinion, you're free to act as suspicious as you want. Just keep in mind that the price of freedom is an increased chance of being hassled or even detained. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.